Now, Sean McKeown earlier mentioned that education is key to understanding and caring for the natural world. And education built around research and conservation is one of the core values of Photo Wildlife Park. Their education department offers schools and colleges a wide variety of modules and workshops on ecology, wildlife management and biodiversity conservation where primary, secondary and third level students have an opportunity to see conservation at work. In a few moments, we'll speak with Linda McSweeney, who's head of the education department at Photo Wildlife Park. But first, let's eavesdrop on one of their workshops. So, hello everyone, and welcome to Photo Wildlife Park. We're going to begin doing our field work for today. So we'll begin here, doing our abiotic factors, or our non-living factors, and then we'll do our grassland surveys outside here. Finally, before moving up into the woodland to do our animal surveys later on today. Um, so I have myself here, John, and we have Emer behind us here, and we shall now be taking you through our first section. And Linda McSweeney joins us now. Linda, you might just explain what's going on there. So, Derek, those were two members of Photo Wildlife Park's education mm-hmm. team, um, both John Armstrong and Emer Thornton, providing a practical field ecology session to some students from Cumber College during the week. And how often do you have students in, Linda? Believe it or not, we have students roughly for about 10 months of the year. So starting somewhere in or around early February, right through until almost the start of December, Derek. We're very, very fortunate that we tend to have a rather packed schedule uh, in Photo Wildlife Park's education department. Well, what better place to learn about the outdoors than in Photo Wildlife Park? You're surrounded by wildlife. But talk to me a little bit about the education team and when it all began. The education department in Photo Wildlife Park was established back in 1995. Um, Mm -hmm. I suppose prior to my arrival in the park, there had been some relatively self-guided options available to schools. And then um, I came to the Wildlife Park as an intern back in 1995. And part of my remit was to actually establish a a formal education programme, as well as a series of um, public engagement events uh, that would promote biodiversity conservation. Uh, I'm very happy to say that year on year, our attendance figures have actually increased, Eric. So much so that in pre-COVID, we were just shy of just over 19,500 students participating in our formal education programme. So um, I'm glad to say that, yes, it is actually increasing <laughs> annually. Took a little bit of a hit over COVID, obviously. We didn't have a substantial number of schools on site. Uh, quite a lot of our learning was through virtual learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very, very happy to, to, to say that we're coming to the end of almost 2022 and we have just over 17,000 students that participated in the modules this year. So we're actually really, really proud of what we've achieved despite all of the limitations even at the start of the year with social distancing as well. That's fantastic. And I believe you received a Sanford Award for Heritage Education. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I can. The Sanford, we're, we're, we're very fortunate. We're one of three institutions in Ireland. Um, the Epic Museum in Dublin is a recent recipient of the award. Mm-hmm. But the Sanford Award was established by Lord Sanford in the UK back in 1978. Um, and in actual fact, despite the fact it's been around for quite a substantial period of time, it's only had 500 recipients in both Ireland and the UK. And ourselves and Chester Zoo are two zoological collections that are, are fortunate enough to actually have retained that title. So it's, it's a kite mark. It emphasises that we're Centre of Excellence yeah. for Natural Heritage Education, which is really, really important, certainly to me and the whole team, education team in Photo Wildlife Park as well. And how much does climate change focus in your education now? 
almost every single module that we offer in actual fact takes climate change uh, into consideration we look at the the i suppose it's it's negative impact in relation to species displacement we also evaluate with students i suppose what we try to 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 focus on is not necessarily all the doom and gloom derek but to to ensure that mm-hmm. that we can offer them the the knowledge base first and foremost perhaps equip them with some skills to ensure that going forward that they become part of the solution rather than the problem um, so i think that's a very positive aspect of what we do in Photo Wildlife Park as well. Absolutely, Niall. Linda, 19,500 students in a year is a very impressive total. I imagine that must be quite an undertaking to do. How many of you work in the education team and do you have enough space there to, to cater for all those people? Believe it or not, we're a very, very small team. Um, there are two full-time members of the education team, myself and my colleague, Rachel Taylor. Um, and then we we employ, well, it can often be seasonal-based. We may have up to eight to ten educators in the height of the season, uh, anywhere from April onwards. But we have two permanent and, I suppose, in around four others uh, that are on seasonal contracts with us as well. So um, we, I suppose, we accommodate a substantial number of students, but I think we're very efficient now at this stage. I know that a lot of institutions, when they focus on environmental education, a lot of the emphasis is on primary level, and that's obviously very important. But I know that in photo, you also cover secondary and third level. That's a very wide range. Does that require a lot of different types of skills? And talking of skills, what sort of background knowledge or understanding of the issues do the students have when they first come to you? It varies, to to be honest with you. I think for the most part, the students are very much up to date. They're very proactive in terms of, I suppose, um, environmental protection. Let's face it, it is a very topical issue. Um, so I suppose our purpose is to actually build on their existing knowledge base, um, to progress that a little bit further, to, to very much give them the opportunity to discuss it, to come up with possible solutions. Um, so it is diverse, without doubt. I suppose we're one of the very few institutions that do teach quite a wide diversity, anything from primary right through to tertiary students. Um, but I would have to say that's probably what we find most enjoyable about the job is that no single day is the same. One of the big advantages, of course, that you have over a lot of other educational institutions is that you have a large number of very impressive animals mm-hmm. there on site. <laughs> I'm sure they're a big draw. Um, do you find that that actually is of great benefit to those students? They can get, not quite hands-on, but they can definitely make their own observations of these creatures and also see how captive breeding and conservation go hand-in-hand hand along with the entertainment value of places like Photo. Oh, absolutely, without doubt. I suppose, you know, we're very fortunate that, that zoological collections and aquariums as a whole, that they're, they're, they provide basically, I suppose, an ideal learning environment for, for different learning styles. And having that collection available to us uh, provides us with endless opportunities. So we can cater to different learning styles, such as kinesthetic, whether they're visual learners, auditory, tactile, for example. We're very fortunate that we have those tools on hand to actually, you know, to, to ensure that it's a benefit to all those in attendance. And you're building a new education centre too. I don't want to boast, Derek. Do, do. Said, but yes, yes, we, we are. It's an extremely exciting phase for Photo Wildlife Park. I suppose it's very gratifying uh, to see that that the, the Board of Governors and Sean McKeown, our director, um, has a lot of faith in us. So we, are, we have a substantial investment going forward. We've just gone to build broken ground on a new state-of-the-art complex that should be completed, hopefully, fingers crossed, by this time next year. Yes, when you celebrate your 40th birthday, Richard Collins... 
Hello, Linda. No better person to undertake such a thing. Now, if I were a student coming through the gate of FOTA on such a course, what would I experience? Will I go behind the scenes, for instance? Would I get to handle a snake, a live snake? How diverse would this experience be for me? And how different would it be from the experience of an ordinary punter coming into the zoo? I suppose, do you know, Richard, it really depends on which module that you're actually coming to partake in. If it's something like a junior leaving cert practical field ecology course, then there is a theoretical aspect to it, um, just to ensure that students have the, the, the foundation in ecology, that they understand the importance of it, because let's face it, no better place than, than, than photo wildlife part to actually focus on that. There is a theoretical aspect to it, but the bulk of the day is actually based in the outdoors, um, carrying out qualitative and quantitative assessments of woodland flora and fauna. It may not be every student's liking, let it be said, but it is part of the national curriculum, both junior and, and senior levels. So it's an extremely important part uh, of those two individual exam years as well. Then again, if you come to us as part of our team building programme for both first year and transition year students, then you will have a totally different experience. I suppose that's when we will focus uh, the whole day out and about, meeting, greeting with the rangers in the wildlife park, um, having an opportunity to, to ask what it's like to get up close and personal with some of these amazing animals that uh, that Derek just mentioned. And, and I have to say, I really have to emphasize that despite the fact I'm in the wildlife park almost 28 years, I can say for sure there has never been a day when something hasn't mesmerized me. And, and that's the sort of, I suppose, passion that we hope to, to pass on to students. And I think when they have the opportunity to see something uh, as amazing as a giraffe or maybe a rhino up close and personal, then they really begin to appreciate the importance of biodiversity. They certainly learn from you, but do you learn from them? You must get some very intriguing questions from time to time. What? And you must we, learn we, a lot looking up things you didn't know or things you didn't answer very satisfactorily well, in the past. We certainly do. And do you know what? The, the, probably the, the biggest cohorts to ask those difficult questions are actually the smallies, Richard. They're not necessarily the older ones. They're the, the sort of questions that come from even junior and senior infants or I suppose with their vivid imaginations and their enthusiasm. There's, there's no, they have that self-confidence. There's no inhibition, I suppose, there. So they will pose those questions that sometimes you have to look at your colleague and say to yourself, I actually have no idea what the answer to this question is. So believe me, yes, throughout my, my, my years of experience as an educator, um, I have been in that position. I've always told myself not to lie, not to exaggerate, because inevitably I'll probably get found out by these kids. Any memorable location in which you were caught out? No, I, there probably has, but maybe in my age I've actually forgotten them. There, there, I suppose I've had some very, very funny moments with students. Um, one that I can recount was with um, a group of, of, of senior infants, and going back about 10 or 12 years ago, where we were we were explaining the, the whole concept of extinction. And I didn't want to necessarily put a very negative slant in it, but we did want to emphasise at the same time what was happening to biodiversity. And one of the little kids piped up and he suggested that his granny had become extinct. Um, and this is rather, this is an issue that you're not really 100% sure what you should say in reply to it. So I again reiterated what extinction was all about, gone forever. And he sort of argued the point and said, well, that is what where my granny has gone. She is gone and she's not coming back. So I suppose from a child's mind, it can be so different compared to, you know, some, some of the, the older students that we get may not necessarily want to ask questions. They don't want to stand out in the class. And it's normally when you have them outside and when they're in smaller groups that they're more likely to ask you uh, something that they're curious about, let it be said, but in, definitely in smaller groups. Anyway, lovely to talk to you, Linda. Thank you very much indeed. Likewise, Derek, and thank you to all the team.
You're very welcome. Now, we can't talk about Photo Wildlife Park without at least giving you an opportunity to visit there yourself. Yes, we have a little competition. You can only enter online. Here is Roisin Fitzgerald with the question. Hi, Derek. Roisin here from Photo Wildlife Park. The first thing I want to do is wish all your listeners and your team a really, really happy Christmas. Thank you. And now for some great Christmas news. We have five family passes to give away, day passes, for two adults and four children to Photo Wildlife Park, valid for 12 months. And all you have to do is answer the following very simple question. In what year did Photo Wildlife Park open to the public? Now, folks, remember we're open all year round, bar Christmas Day, Christmas Eve and Stevens's Day. There's loads to do and see when you get here. Uh, we have lots of wonderful animals, including endangered species, such as European bison, there's the Indian rhino and the new baby, Jai. There's the Sumatran tiger, Asian lion, and of course, the penguins. Everybody loves the penguins. In what year did Photo Wildlife Park open to the public? All details can be found on our website, rte.ie forward slash Mooney. That's pretty much all we have time for today. My thanks to Sean McKeown and his team at Photo Wildlife Park, to Richard Collins, Terry Flanagan and Niall Hatch, our broadcast coordinator, Jarlath Holland, and our researcher, John Bella Riley. We'll do it all again next week. Until then, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye!